Welcome to A Waldorf Journey, a podcast for teachers, parents, students, and people who are passionate about Waldorf education. I'm Meredith, and I'm glad you're here. You can find show notes for this episode, along with a lot more useful content on my website, awaldorfjourney.com. While you're there, sign up for the newsletter to receive updates about new content on the blog and podcast. You can also follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as A Waldorf Journey. Today is Monday, October 9th, and this is episode number 23. It's been a long while since I last recorded, and my life is completely different these days. I can't wait to fill you in on what's been going on with me these last few months. So let's go ahead and start the journey. Hello, everyone. I am so glad to be talking to you again. It has been so long. The last time I recorded, I think, was way back in June, and that was before my family and I left on our big trip to Central America. We had a really incredible time. I can't even tell you what a trip of a lifetime it was and how great it was just to spend large chunks of time with my teenagers. And I don't get much of that these days. Everybody's so busy. So that was really the the biggest blessing of our big trip. So we got back from our trip at the end of August, and even that at this point feels like just ages ago because now we are five weeks into a brand new school year. I think this is our fifth week of school, and I, of course, am teaching a whole new group of students, and I talked a lot about this in the spring. Uh, as I was getting ready to graduate my eighth grade class and start a new journey with a new group of students. And now here it is, we've begun. And, you know, it's one of those things I thought so much about and really gave um, a lot of intentional thought to. And now here it is. So um, I am so thoroughly enjoying it. As you can imagine, first grade is an absolute delight and the students are so sweet and I just really am having a great time teaching them. And it's more than just enjoying being with them, which I, I certainly am enjoying every day and being in the classroom with them. But I'm really enjoying the challenge of finding the things that are going to speak to them and finding the, the little things that are going to be challenging and interesting to them. And uh, it's they surprise me constantly. And it, it's a fun place to be. After having taught middle school for so long, you know, there were things that I sort of knew would be difficult for kids or things that I knew would be really interesting and fascinating to them. But now... In first grade, I don't have that experience, so I, I don't know what uh, which, what things are going to be really hard for them. Like, for example, I wasn't gonna, even going to go into this much detail, but it's, it's just so interesting to me that um, we learned the letter R recently, and I told the story of Rapunzel, and we talked about her long cascading braid that came down from the top of the tower and that it was like a rope 
and that it so the way it it came out of the tower and then the enchantress would climb up the braid pretending it was a rope and then that so the next day we drew a picture that we could see the r in the tower and the the braid or the rope coming down out of the the window of the tower and then the next day we talked about the sound that that letter makes the letter r and I remember saying to the students, I said, okay, what, what can you think of that makes the er sound? And I said again and again, what makes the er sound? And I was so interested when I found right away that they kept thinking of things that actually started with E that had an R inside. So they said, of course, I said, what makes an er sound? And of course, they said, earth. And there were lots of other words that were just like that. And so I realized, oh, I can't say er, I need to say ruh, ruh. <laughs> what makes the ruh sound? And then I had to show them not just ruh, but also ra and re. And that was the way that they were going to understand the R sound. Now, probably if I had taught first grade five times, I would have known that R was going to be a tricky one in that way and that I had to be really thoughtful about how I presented the sound to them. But I did not anticipate that it would be difficult for them to really think about where that R sound or how, how I should talk about the sound that the R the letter R makes. So so anyway, that's just one example of the way they're kind of challenging me and making me think about things in a really different way. And I am loving it and really appreciating it. Um, <clears throat> so I'm sure that at some point I will, you know, record a, you know much more about teaching first grade and what it's like and, and different aspects or different things I'm learning or, or you know, whatever it might, might be. I'm sure I'll find many different angles from which to approach the topic of first grade. But I just thought for today, I would talk a little bit about first grade and the, or going from eighth grade to teaching first grade and the things that just my, my, initial glimpses just it's going to be a pretty short episode today and so really what are the things that I'm just noticing right off the bat as being you know either interestingly new or surprisingly different or uh, whatever it might be so I just thought of a few things that I thought I would share so um, the first thing is that <clears throat> the my colleagues and many people, kindergarten teachers, will tell you that first grade or teaching the young child is a it's a different kind of exhausting, and I could really relate to that when I heard the kindergarten teachers talk about this. Of course, I think anyone who has had children uh, can really relate. So. When you're home all day taking care of young children and by the end of the day you just feel that to the bone tired. You are absolutely exhausted. And that, of course, is because it's uh, the children are really taxing your etheric body. That's where your, your life forces are. And that they're really demanding a different part of your body that is um, that it is just so much more exhausting. And I will tell you, that is certainly absolutely true. No doubt about it. 
For a while, I was coming home from school and uh, doing my very best to go right to bed and take a nap. And um, I just, even though I didn't initially really feel like I needed a nap necessarily, I knew that I would be glad if I did. And I have been doing less of that these days, but I think I need to go back to it because I've definitely noticed that Um, You know, I usually try to get around eight hours of sleep per night, but I don't often succeed at that. And usually it's closer to about seven hours of sleep. When I was teaching eighth grade, I would often get about six hours. That was pretty typical for me. But I am definitely noticing a correlation between how much sleep I get and how effective and content I feel when I'm in the classroom. So um, if I get my eight hours, we have pretty good days. And my best day of teaching in the classroom so far this year happened after I got nine and a half hours of sleep one night. So I think it's definitely true. The more sleep you get, the more, uh, the better you'll feel and the more effective you'll be as a teacher, particularly of young children. So So sleep is important, lesson number one. Um, What is one thing that is really surprising me, though, is how much preparation it is taking me to get ready to teach each day. I guess when I thought about teaching first grade when I was back in middle school, I thought to myself, okay, well, this is the difference between first grade and eighth grade. First grade, all of the energy is really expended in the moment. You need to be really present and there for the children. And so it's a lot harder in the moment. Whereas in eighth grade, they are, you know, pretty capable. And there are plenty of times when they just sort of do their work and you don't, you you don't need to be as uh, you're not as drained in the moment. They're not asking things of you over and over and time, you know, again and again. Um, but the difference, of course, in my mind was that eighth grade takes a lot more preparation outside of class, whereas first grade would take less. Well, that is not true <laughs> in my case. I am finding that I am preparing at least. Right now, I am preparing more than I did for eighth grade. And I think a big difference was that in eighth grade, you know, a lot of the things that we did were patterns and rhythms that we had established over all of our years together. And so each day, I was really looking at creating just maybe 40 minutes or 45 minutes of new lesson material. Sometimes it was new content, other, you know, part of it, new content and part of it, you know, just the activities and the, the exercises that we were going to be doing with our, with the work. And even then when I was bringing new content, I was really working from lecture notes, essentially. I would, you know, prepare my lesson, what I was going to talk to them about that day. I would kind of have it in my head, a rough outline, but it didn't need to be as thoroughly prepared as what as my lessons for first grade need to be. Because what I'm finding with first grade, well, first of all, we don't have the years of experience together that will carry 
um, the rhythm of our of our work together. So that is it's already something where every single moment is needing to be consciously created. And secondly, the first graders are not as uh, easily adaptable. They don't, if I need to, um, you know, I guess, I guess if I need to like consult my notes or if I need to remember what comes next in our lesson, even though they're very polite and respectful and they'll wait, they don't break down into fits of chatter or laughter if I don't, if I, you know, need to stop for a moment. But what happens is that kind of the moment is lost. So um, I'm having, uh, you know, anyway, I just need to really prepare every lesson so that I can just stand right up there and, and go with it. And even in circle, our rhythmic activities and poems and rhymes and songs and all of these things, I'm doing my best to memorize, which that is not coming easily to me at all. I actually am writing things down on note cards and really relying on the students, which I think is absolutely fine to do. They are so quick at learning things that I can, sometimes I'll say the first couple of words if I'm really stuck with a poem and they will help and and pick it up but uh but it it is it's taking me a lot to prepare the the other side of that coin though uh is that one i mean i've always loved my preparation work i love diving into the stories and thinking about the content and figuring out the way i'm going to bring it and what aspect of it i'm going to emphasize and all of that i've always loved doing that work, no matter what grade I'm in. And so I guess I was a little bit sad at the thought of going to first grade that I would not really have that as much, that I wouldn't be have as much to sort of sink my teeth into. Um, but as I just mentioned, there's plenty for me to seek, sink my teeth into. And um, I'm really surprised at how much I am enjoying all of the stories that I'm telling. I mean, they really are it really is rich, amazing, beautiful content. And, uh, and the first graders themselves are just so they just absorb every, every word. And so I really want to make the most of that. And so I've, it's happened to me a couple of times where, um, if there's a fairy tale and often in these fairy tales, I'm telling many Grimm's fairy tale stories that often there is a there's a little rhyme or a little chant that you know I want to say word for word generally I don't worry about telling my stories word for word I kind of have the rough outline in my mind and think about which images I really want to emphasize but I don't worry about absolutely memorizing word for word but there are certain things. So these little rhymes or poems, um, you know, the one that comes to mind, uh, if, of course, is from Rapunzel. Rapunzel, Rapunzel, let your hair down. That one is familiar to so many of us, but there are plenty of others in a lot of these stories where they have these little rhymes or chants, and I want to make sure I say it just the way that it's written in the story. And so, so I'll go to my notes and look and see. And every time I do, I regret it because there's just a little bit of a, 
um, like the magic is a little bit broken there. And, and I get them back, of course, like, you know, and I pick the story back up and, you know, they fall right back into it, but it, but it does kind of interrupt things a little bit. So I'm doing my best to not do that, which means I'm doing a lot of preparation. So my big idea that it doesn't take much to, uh, or that all the, the work of first grade happens in the, in the classroom and the preparation is, is much easier. That theory is kind of out the window. (laughs) I'm actually doing a lot of work in the classroom and then doing a lot of work, um, to prepare, to prepare my lessons too. But the upside of course, is that I really just love this work. I'm really enjoying it and having a great time with it. Okay, so that's the brief update about what's been going on with me since you last heard from me. And I'm, I'm happy. I'm sure I'll tell more as, as time goes on, talk a lot more about first grade. Um, but I wanted to just give a little update about this podcast because, um, as you may have guessed, it's not so easy for me to record these days. I'm really just, you know, like I said, doing a lot of preparation, a lot of work inside the classroom. I'm just struggling with having enough time. And um, and also, I'm really enjoying making the most of my weekends home with my kids. So um, that said, as hard as it is to record, I really do love doing it. And I've been receiving lots of feedback recently from people who are really enjoying listening to the podcast and and missing it. So... I am so grateful to receive that feedback, and it, uh, I don't know, it really helps. Um, and I've been getting lots of emails and things, too, from people wanting, uh, requesting different types of content, and um, either on the blog or the podcast. So so I do I plan to continue with it, and I'm hoping that I'm going to find a rhythm. You know, once the school year gets going, we all, we often sort of settle into a rhythm, And I'm hoping that I'll continue with uh, recording twice a month, so just about every other week or so. And um, if if that proves to be too challenging, then at least to do once a month. I I just really like doing it, and I'm getting feedback that people are enjoying it too. So so I do want to um, keep going, but. I have also, um, as hard as it has been to uh, record podcasts, I have actually kind of renewed my um, enjoyment of in writing blog posts. So there are, I've been writing a fair number of posts on the blog and there I will continue. I'm hoping to do one or two posts per week and, um, I'm really doing kind of a different, uh, a different type of blog post these days. And I really want to, um, I don't know, I, I guess a combination of different, of different kinds of blog posts. And I'm really enjoying kind of using the blog as just a reflection tool, kind of a place to really, uh, pay attention to, you know, days that have gone by and to, you know, reflect a little bit on my lessons. And I know that when I have read blogs, I really like those kinds of posts where I'm just reading about somebody's experience and, you know, what happened for them. 
Um, I don't think we're always looking for, you know, some bit of information when we are off reading blogs. So, so that's my hope is that one, at least one of those posts per week will kind of have this more reflective quality and we'll share a little bit more of like a peek into the classroom and what we've been doing. So, so you can look there. I have also posted pretty extensive in-depth posts about both my first form drawing block and about my language arts block that we are currently in. So um, I really kind of got into thinking a lot about how, what order to present the letters in and how to do it and what stories to use and that kind of thing. So so there's a lot of content on the blog. So I really suggest that you go check out there. It's a waldorfjourney.com. And um, so if you haven't heard from me in podcast form in a while, head over to the blog because there's probably some stuff going on there. And if you really want to get, if you want to get notified about new content on the blog, the best way to do that is to join the subscriber list, which you can do in a couple of different ways. First, you can go to the to a waldorfjourney.com and there are quite a few different places where you can enter your email address and if you do that then you know i have little little pdf gifts you know like a few different things there's one that is a guide for chalkboard drawing there's one that is a guide to sort of waldorf at home ideas so if you subscribe, you'll get that free download. So that's one way to do it. The other way is to just take your phone out. If you're listening to this podcast on your phone, take it out and text the word Waldorf, W-A-L-D-O-R-F, to the number 444-999. And that will put you on my email list. And I email, I don't email every time there's new content on the blog, but maybe, uh, I don't know, twice a month, I email the list. So, so it's a good way to kind of keep track of what's going on. So, um, anyway, the other thing about podcast, the podcast is in terms of the content that I am going to be putting out there. I have been kind of looking back through my, uh, podcast episodes and the most popular episode is my interview with Janet Allison. And I'm just going to look up quickly <laughs> to see which, um, episode that was, but it was definitely my most popular episode. It was, um, episode number seven. And, um, and I think in reflecting about why that was the most popular episode, I think what it is, is that it, it is just this really great content. Janet Allison is an expert about, um, boys. She was a teacher and had an extremely boy-heavy class and did a lot of thinking about what it's like to be a boy and the best way for her to meet those students. So um, she goes into a lot of detail with information that I think is great for 
anyone who has a boy, anyone who is married to a boy, anyone who is a boy. So um, take a look at that episode or take a listen to that episode. And But I wanted to just say that um, in recognizing that that was just such a popular episode, I'm really looking for ways to bring more content that is that is useful to both teachers and homeschoolers or and parents because I think I have all of those people in this in my listening audience so so if you can think of um if there's somebody that you want to hear from or you know information that you want that you would like to hear about on this podcast I would really like to know about it um you know, maybe there's some, uh, you know, parenting technique or parent, you know, parenting book author that you would love to hear from. I would love to go out there and see who there is to interview and talk to. So, um, so let me know. I, um, yeah, you can just email me at Meredith at a and let me know what you're thinking. So, um, okay. So that is, just about it for this episode. I've kind of rambled quite a bit about not much of anything, but um, it's a good way to kind of dive back into uh, recording again. <laughs> so, so hopefully I'll get back to it and you'll hear from me again before too long. But before I sign off, I wanted to just mention a couple of ways that you can support the podcast happening as always. So the easiest way, of course, is with Amazon. And I'm an Amazon affiliate. So if you click any of the Amazon links that are on the website, awaldorfjourney.com, then I get a little bit of extra money that gets sent my way. It doesn't cost you anything extra. It comes straight from Amazon. And uh, it's a really great way. And I always think about if every if when you go out and you do your school supply shopping if you click over from my site first then um that's a really great way to support me and it's not it's money that you would be spending anyway and it makes a huge difference for me i think quite a few people have done that because i've noticed my amazon affiliate income has gone up a little bit in the last couple of months so i'm really grateful thank you so much for um, taking the, just thinking about doing that and um, making that little bit of extra effort. So, so there's that. The other thing is Patreon, which I've talked about before. And I, I really love Patreon and that it is, it's a great way for people to just straight out of their heart, support uh, producers of content that they appreciate. So it kind of harkens back to the days of, you know, the Renaissance or whatever it was when people would um, sponsor the arts and you would really just pay money without any expectation of any physical compensation for that. Uh, and you would just contribute to help that person do the work that they are really passionate about doing. So I am really excited about that platform and I think it's really going places and I would love it if you would click over to Patreon. I will put a link in the show notes, but I'm pretty sure it's patreon.com backslash a Waldorf journey. And anyway, if you go to Patreon and search for me, you'll find it. And you can sponsor in whatever way you want. I think you can make a one-time um, 
a one-time one-time contribution and you can also just sponsor on a monthly basis and you know even if you did just a dollar a month that would be helpful and um, I'd really appreciate it so think about doing that and of course you know there are lots of costs and things associated with this podcast so um it really helps to chip away at those expenses. So finally, the last thing, of course, is to check out my website because I've got lots of curriculum resources and materials that are on the site that are available for people to purchase. They're mostly for the upper grades. So if that is where you are in your uh, teaching journey, then that uh, could be helpful to you. There are a couple of things on there that are useful to teachers of all ages. One of them is a record keeping um, resource. Uh, what do I call it? It's a collection of documents that can help you to um, keep good records for your uh, students. So, so take a look at that. I really think that any age uh, would be served by that. Um, but maybe more so as you get a little bit higher in the grades, but there's definitely a student observation sheet and some other things. And I've recently put some other things together that maybe I'll add to it. It's really about observing younger students and their, uh, especially in their movement. So I will look and see what I can do about that. So anyway, that is all I have to share with you tonight. So it is late here where I'm now recording. So thank you so very much for listening. And please don't hesitate to reach out to me and let me know what you want to hear. And uh, yeah, I'll come back. I'll come to you soon. I promise. Probably in a couple of weeks. Okay. Have a good couple of weeks and I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.